So this weekend, we have had discovery, and it's been really great. Our theme this year was we were going to discover God. We're kind of in the midst of a three-year theme that we're doing. Last year, we did Discover You, and it's about how we were discovering ourselves, who God created us to be. And then this year, our theme was Discover God. And it's my belief that we discover God through the stories in the scripture where God shows up for his people. It's in these stories that we can see the character of God, what really is important to God, and what God cares about. You see, in these stories we've looked at, oh, do you want me to quiz y'all? Do y'all remember all the stories? No, I won't do that. I won't, I won't throw you in the spot. You're tired. Uh, the first story that we looked at was from our speaker, Will Thompson. He came up and he talked about David, and he told this story about this conflict that was happening between King David, uh, not yet King David, but King Saul, and how David had this opportunity to kill Saul in this cave, but he chose not to. He chose not to. God gave him this kind of choice, and David said, no, I can't do this. And then we see the second story. It was Saturday morning. Leslie Williams gave us that, that little sermon when she talked about Stephen. Stephen was the first martyr that we see in the New Testament. It's in the book of Acts. And we see this incredible story of Stephen standing up for what he believes in, but then in his last moments, even at the very end of his life, he looks up into the sky and he sees Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he turns and he says, Lord, forgive them. Lord, forgive them. I think that's an incredible story about how Jesus is there for us, even in the darkest of moments. And then yesterday we had Reverend Ross. He came and spoke to us. He spoke to us about the book of Job. He had a really difficult task on his hand. He just fit a whole book in one little thing, but he did a great job. And the story about all the difficulties and trials that Job goes through in his book, but also how God doesn't desert him. And at the very end of Job, God turns and he answers Job. He doesn't leave him wondering, but turns and he answers him, and he's still with Job. Then last night, we had our senior, Clayton Marshall. He stood up, and he gave a talk about the prodigal son. Jesus telling a story of a father and two sons, one that ran away, one that stayed home, and talked about how God's love is shown in this moment. And we talked about how no matter how far away you go, you can never go too far. You can never go too far that God's love can't go and get you still. So that leads us to this morning. You see, this morning, uh, if you ask Becca, she'll tell you I always look for an excuse to tell a story because it's an Old Testament story, but I really love it, and it's attached directly to that last song that we were singing. Um, This morning, we're looking at an Old Testament story that takes place in the book of Daniel. See, Daniel takes place while the Jewish people were under the rule of the Babylonian Empire. That's for all the history people here. Daniel and his friends had been brought to the Babylonian rulers because they showed promise. And they were asked to take up some leadership positions in the empire. See, King Nebuchadnezzar had just created this gold statue. In this story, he just created a gold statue. And he required everyone to kneel down and worship at it at the sound of music. But Daniel's friends were not obeying these commands. And King Nebuchadnezzar had just found out, and that's where our scripture is going to pick up for this morning. 
So you see, I'm tired and I have the challenge of some difficult names, but we're going we're gonna to go for it. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in furious rage, commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought in. So they brought those men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods and you do not worship the golden statue that I have set up? Now, if you're ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, drum, and the entire musical ensemble to fall down and worship the statue that I've made, well and good. But if you do not worship, you shall immediately be thrown into the furnace of blazing fire. And who is the God that we deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to present a defense to you in this matter. If our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the furnace of blazing fire and out of your hand, O king, let him deliver us. And this is the verse I really love from this. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods and we will not worship the golden statue that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was so filled with rage against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face was distorted. He ordered the furnace heated up seven times more than what was customary and ordered some of the strongest guards in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to throw them into the furnace of blazing fire. So the men were bound, still wearing their tunics, their trousers, their hats, and their other garments, and they were thrown into the furnace of blazing fire. Because the king's command was urgent and the furnace was so overheated, the raging flames killed the men who lifted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But the three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound into the furnace of blazing fire. The king Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up quickly. He said to the counselors, was it not three men that we threw bound into the fire? They answered the king, true, O king. But he replied, but I see four men, unbound, walking in the middle of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the fourth has the appearance of a god. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the door of the furnace of blazing fire and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, and the satraps The prefects, the governors, and the king's counselors gathered together and saw that the fire had not had any power over the bodies of those men. The hair of their heads was not singed, their tunics were not harmed, and even smell no smell of the fire came from them. Nebuchadnezzar said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants who he trusted in him. They disobeyed the king's command and yielded up their bodies rather than serve any worship and worship any God except their own God. Therefore, I make a decree. Any people, nation, or language that, that utters the blasphemy against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb and their houses laid in ruins. For there is no other God who is able to deliver in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. And thanks be to God. See, the question, two questions I want us to think about before we dive in is, what does this story tell about the character of God? If we're saying this whole weekend is about discovering God, what does this story tell us about the character of God? And to take it another step, what does this story tell us about the character of God's people? 
What does the story have to tell us about the character of God and God's people? You see, over the last few days, we've had this incredible experience. We've gotten to eat really good food. Y'all agree? The food's been really good. We've gotten to eat some great places. Um, we've gotten to play some fun games, Hunger Games, Romans versus Christians, Giant Volleyball, Dodgeball, stuff like that. We've gotten to hear four really great speakers. Two of them were our own youth. And we've had some awesome worship together. But it's in these experiences... It's in these experiences, these discovery weekends, these retreats, these mountaintop experiences, that I think the next question we have to ask is, okay, so now what? Now what? I've had this really great experience, but you know what tomorrow is? What's tomorrow? Monday. Monday. You got to go back to school. You got to, we got to go back to work. Tomorrow's Monday. Tomorrow we're back to it. We're back to the daily grind of life. Yes, I've had an amazing week with my buds and we've gotten to run around the church and have fun, but now what? I think the answer to that is that's when the work of discovery really begins. You see, we all know that life is not always going to be a mountaintop experience. It's not always going to be easy. It's not always going to be this incredible moment where we get to spend all this intentional time with our friends, intentional time learning about God. There will be lows. But the point of this mountaintop is to help us see with greater clarity what is important to us and what is real. Um, Me and Becca, a couple of months ago, I know some of y'all have heard this story. Me and Becca, a couple months ago, we got to go out to Colorado and we were hiking around. And there was this big mountain, if you've ever been out there where Red Rocks is, like out there beyond Denver. um, There's this big mountain there. And we just kind of woke up one day and we said, let's just go hike. We're going to go hike. We're we're in Colorado. We're going to go hike. Um, And then it turned out to be this huge, huge ordeal. So the first hill, giant hill, exhausted, saw, saw a big deer as a whole thing. Um, but exhausted. But then when we got to the top of that hill, we thought, oh, this must be the mountain. But then there was another hill. So you went down a little bit, and then you went up another hill. And we're like, okay, this must be it. And then we saw the trail veered off, and then there was a giant hill. We're like, okay, well, we're going to keep going. We want to we get to the top of this mountain. So we turned, and we started to go to the top of that mountain. We started to go to the top of that mountain. Top of that mountain, it just kept going hill, 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 until we got to the top. And then when we got to the top, we turned and you could look and we could see where our car was and we could see that first hill that we climbed up and it looked like nothing, which made me feel really bad because I was exhausted. I was so exhausted. There was, um, there was like a, there was probably a seven-year-old and his dad and they flew by me at one point. And I was like, JT, you got to get your life together, man. Come on. You see, when we get that thousand foot view, When we get that mile high view, whatever you want to call it, whenever you get that bigger view in life and you look down, sometimes those things that look so big to us at the very beginning, when I first started that hiking trail, that first hill looked so big, but then when I was on top of that mountain, that first hill didn't look like anything. You see, it's these mountaintop experiences. They can give us perspective. They give us perspective of what's really important. Fellowship community, and God, right? It's in these moments when we can really focus in with each other on what is important to us. You see, I think if Daniel's friends that we read about, I think if they hadn't had the right perspective on what's important, they probably would have just done the easy thing, right? The easy thing would have just been like, oh, well, the king made a decree. I'm just going to do it. But the important thing is they had the right perspective. They had each other. 
and they had faith. They had the right perspective. They had a community of believers. They had the three of them. And they had faith. You see, it's not easy work, but it is important. When when we see this story, it's such an incredible story of faith. They knew the God they served would save them. But to me, yet again, the most powerful point of that, that scripture to me is when they say, we know that God can save us. And we know God will. But you know what? Even if he doesn't, it's not going to change the way I feel. It's not going to change my faith. It's not going to shift my whole life because I still have faith in what God can do. And it's because I've seen God do it before. That to me is such an amazing story of faith. I know what God can do and I know what God is capable of. But I also understand that God is bigger than I am. Sometimes things don't go my way. Sometimes things don't go the way I want them to, right? We all have that. We all have these moments where things don't go exactly the way I want them to go or I think it should go a better way. But even then, Daniel's friend said, but you know what? Even if it doesn't go the way I want it to go here, it's not gonna change my faith. It's not gonna change the way I feel. So what does it take to discover God? I think the most important thing we've learned this week is it takes faith, knowing who God is, trusting in God. And we can trust in God because we've said it over and over again this weekend. We can trust in God because we see God show up. We've seen God show up this weekend. And we know that no matter how far away we go, we never go too far. I want y'all to hear that too. I know I'm speaking a lot to the youth, but I want everyone in this room to hear that. No matter what we do, the walls that we build up between us and God, there's nothing we can do that can separate us from that love, from that forgiveness that God presents for us. I want to close out with another scripture. It's not on the screen, but I wanted to read it for us this morning. This is Romans chapter 8. And I think it does really tie in. Ross mentioned it a little bit yesterday, but I think it ties in perfectly uh, to end our message this morning. This is Romans chapter 8, verse 38 and 39. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present or things to come nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. There's nothing we can do to separate ourselves from God. We can never go too far. And God continues to follow us, to chase after us, and to call us back in together and call us towards him. Hey friends, I just wanted to take a moment and say thank you for tuning into our message this week in the gathering. We hope you found it meaningful and life-giving. As always, you're invited to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. either in person here in the chapel or online. If you want to know more about who we are at Bluff Park United Methodist Church, you're invited to check out our website. There you'll find out who we are, what we have going on, and how you can be a part of it. As always, friends, if there's anything that we can do for you, you're invited to reach out to us. We are here to help you and support you in any way that we can. We hope that you're having a great week, and we look forward to seeing you soon.